Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta and generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. I'm your host, Emily Weiss. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Hello, and welcome back to Love, Lead, Listen. Today's episode, in honor of Mother's Day, we are talking with two of our members who are a mother and daughter duo. So Caitlin Knight is a mother of three young children and lives in Northwest Arkansas. She is a national board certified teacher and has been an elementary teacher for 12 years. She graduated from Arkansas State University with a degree in elementary education and a master's degree in curriculum instruction and administration. She's an alumna of Epsilon Zeta chapter. And while in school, she served as the VP of scholarship, VP chapter development, and Vice President of Campus Relations. She has served on the volunteer service team since 2011 in several roles, including membership development specialist, professional development specialist, recruitment specialist, and director of extension. Kathy Ferris is a retired elementary school teacher who spent 40 years in the classroom, and she's the mother of this episode. She graduated from Arkansas State University, where she was a member of Epsilon Zeta chapter. Kathy has served as chapter advisor and property advisor to Epsilon Zeta. She's also been Epsilon Zeta alumni chapter president and permanent secretary and served on the elections committee for Alpha Gamma Delta. Kathy has two daughters who are also Epsilon Zeta alumna, one of which is Caitlin. Kathy and Caitlin, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Good to be here. To start off, you're both alumna of Epsilon Zeta chapter. I'm curious, uh, Caitlin, were you influenced to join the chapter because of your mom being an alumna? Um, I would say I was definitely influenced, except I have to give her credit. She was very hands-off during my recruitment process. Um, ever, I, we moved back to Jonesboro, which is where um, the Epsilon Zeta chapter is at Arkansas State, when I was about five years old. And so that really gave my mom the opportunity to get back involved while I was still really young. And so recruitment and um, just homecoming events and different things, I always was able to attend with her and meet her sisters. A lot of the ladies that she still runs around with are also Epsilon Zetas. And so I've kind of always been surrounded by Alpha Gams in some capacity. And um, so when it was time for me to go through the recruitment process, I knew where her heart wanted me to be, but she was also very vocal in saying, this is your choice. You have to make the choice that is right for you and where you fit and you'll know, you'll just know. And I remember going through and thinking, that is just the craziest thing ever. How am I going to know how, you know, you've got these other organizations with these wonderful women in it also, but like, how do you know? And she was completely right. You, you just know. And I, I knew so, um, but it was, it was a really, really neat process. And at the time alums were able to come in and during the preference ceremony, my mom and my sister were both there. And so that was a neat connection to have them on that special night of recruitment also. So it was a, it was a great experience all the way around. That sounds so sweet. And Kathy, it sounds like you're like really embracing the lifelong membership aspect of this. How did it feel for you when Caitlin was going through recruitment? Were you stressed? Were you nervous? What were, what were the feelings you're going through there? Well, it never in my wildest dreams did I ever think that I would live in a place where my daughter would be able to have the advantage of being an Alpha Gam. And so when we moved back to Jonesboro, um, all I could think about was one of our founders, Lou Nedro, told me from the beginning, she said, you have to make your, your children, if you're lucky enough to have daughters, you have to make them aware and you have to show them 
you know, so that they not don't wait till they're in college or they're in high school. So I started really young. Um, there were many recruitments where Caitlin sat under the table where we had the food set out or something else, you know, and she watched everything that went on. And there were many times when I took food and she would be right there beside me, you know, helping out. Um, but yeah, I never, I never imagined that that would be the case. And so when she went through recruitment, it, you know, my heart was in my throat the entire time because, and it's funny that she says I was hands off. I felt like I was really saying, now, you know, check this out, be sure you're looking. And, and cause I, there was nothing I wanted more, but I knew for her to be happy, she had to do what she wanted to do and she had to find it herself. So it all worked out. It sounds like it all worked out. And Caitlin, it sounds like you had like the best spot in the house under the table with all the snacks. <laughs> I did. It was so, it was so fun. You know, being a recruitment specialist, I have a little bit of a different vantage point of recruitment now versus when I was growing up or even when I went through. And one of the highlights of recruitment when I was growing up was we used to have skit night and skits are, are done for. They're not, you know, like, I don't even know if we have any campuses that do skits anymore, but it was so much fun to get to go and watch these college girls do do these little plays and, you know, being a little girl, looking at these ladies in this, you know, makeup and all dressed to the nines. And it was so much fun. That sounds so fun. And we don't do skits anymore, but it sounds like those definitely were some core memories for you. Yes, they were. So growing up, Kathy, you mentioned this a bit. You tried to instill Alpha Gam in your daughters from the start. What are some ways that you did that? Were you like sitting down and having conversations about values with them? Or is it just more of just exposing them to Alpha Gamma Delta in general? Well, it was a little bit of everything. But um, when they were little, they used to like to look at, at pictures and videos and things. And I had lots of pictures from college. And I talked about my friends in college. And I talked about, you know, of course, them going after high school, going to college or doing something. And Alpha Gam, we we laughed, you know, we talked about being squirrel girls and and I told them stories about the things that we did in college. And I just encouraged them to, you know, when they would talk about their friends and they would ask me, you know, when someone would call me or I would talk about someone, I would say, well, that's my sister. You know, and we talked about how special it was to have really good friends and friends that that you kept for a long time and friends that you made not, you know, just through an organization or, or things like that. So they were, they had heard it since they were little, little, little. And I would tease them and I'd say, when you grow up, you're going to be an alpha gam. And, you know, and they would, so it's, they'd heard it ever since they were young. Mom does a great job with that too, because she's an only child. So when she would say, oh, it's my sister, you know, it, it, that really sunk in for us because we didn't have an aunt on her side or something else. You know, there was no confusion there. And she really also surrounded herself and us with those women who were her sisters. Um, her pledge class, I think is very unique in that a lot of them are still local to the area and get together and, and have for years and years outside of IRD or some of those other events. And, um, so she, she really did on all of those aspects, you know, kind of instill that, but she also lives alpha gam. I mean, she will not come out and say that, but I'm going to rat her out and say that she bleeds red buff and green and all that she does. And every, every person that she meets, um, she truly is an alpha gam to her core and always has been. And you realize it more as you are older. And now that I'm an alpha gam, I see that in a different light than I did growing up. But she just lives it and she doesn't just have to talk about it. 
Well, I know she's not talking about the fact that I've since since my granddaughters were young, I've been buying them squirrel clothes. You know, anything that has a squirrel on it, they wear. <laughs> um, any t-shirt, um, anything like that. You know, but but that's the that's the neat thing about being an Alpha Gam is that you run into sisters in places that you would never have thought about. Being a teacher, I can't tell you how many girls came through that were interns or field students or something like that that we're Alpha Gams. And it just gave me a chance to, besides being a sister, be a mentor to them. And so it, it's just, it's an opportunity you don't realize you're going to get, but you look for in different ways. And, oh, you know, you're an Alpha Gam too. Well, it's, you know, you just never know where you're going to meet one. Yeah, you really don't. And you just mentioned a little bit your teaching career. And I'm kind of curious, Caitlin, you're a teacher, Kathy, you're a teacher. Were you influenced to go into the teaching career because of your mom? Um, it's funny because most teachers, most teachers will tell you that they're, they spread, you know, loud and clear. This is not for everybody. Don't do it, you know. Um, but honestly, yes, there was a little bit, but also there's a little bit of, I think, just who I am because of my mom. I love working with kids and I've taken a different aspect on teaching than even my mom has. I really enjoy the curriculum and administration side of teaching. And she, I've never seen anyone better with kids than my mom. And she would never even think about leaving the classroom to do administration. Whereas the leadership side of education and where I'm passionate is about a lot of the um, changes in public schools and in education. And so while we're both teachers, it's interesting that we both have different passions within that career field. Um, And I love, I love my students, not to say that I don't love being in the classroom with my students. I do, but my drive for the future of my career is more towards administration. Whereas my mom really found her passion just still within the classroom and working with those kids. Okay. But see, now now it's my turn to rat rat you out, Caitlin, because Caitlin is my (laughs) child that has since the get-go from the time she was two on, she was a leader, but she also is the champion for the underdog. And Caitlin is the one that if she saw somebody in need or she saw somebody that didn't have what they needed, she was the one that would slip them that pencil or slip them. I mean, one day she came home without her sweater and I said, where is it? And she said, well, you know, so-and-so didn't have one. So I gave it to them. I had an extra one, you know, and I just thought I couldn't fuss at her. Why could I fuss at her? So the fact that she went into (laughs) teaching was not surprising, you know, because she is a leader and that's something that she could, you know, she could teach, but she could also lead by example, by, you know, and it's just something that she enjoys. So now I've ratted you out. (laughs) (laughs) So you're both mothers as well. And I'm wondering, is there a piece of advice that you wish you had before you became a mother? And I know this is a, you brought, you're both mothers in different generations as well. So I'm kind of interested to hear and how that has worked out for you. Oh, I wish that I had raised Caitlin and her sister with the wisdom that I have now. It is amazing how many things you learn as you get older and the things that you thought were so important or the things that you were so concerned about, not so much. You know, it's it's just take joy in the little things and enjoy every single day because time is so fleeting. I wish I could go back and live my college again and have my alpha game time. Because it was so fleeting when I look back on it. So fleeting. Um, I would say, th- and this is where having having a mom who has that reflection is good because she is always telling me, D- 
don't sweat the small stuff. This isn't a big deal. You know, um, when Elliot, you want your children to be who they are, but you also, when you're out in public, you want them to act a certain way and, you know, keep it together. And, um, my daughter, Elliot is seven and she is a perfectionist and yet this free spirit all at the same time. And she, I say, if I can just channel her, her, her power for good and not evil will be, it will be good. Um, but she is such a strong willed child and yet so smart. And my mom is always the one who has been great at encouraging me. She's like, Oh, I would, I wish I hadn't done that with you. I wish I had let you, you know, do this more, do that more. And don't worry about that. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, yeah, but you didn't let me do it. And I turned out okay. And so, you know, I'm trying to tell her not to do these things. And my mom's like, don't worry about it. Let it go. Um, and I do think that's nice to have the balance of how you were raised and knowing like, Oh, my mom used to get onto me for this, or, you know, she taught me how to do this well, but then also having her now say, just let it go. It's not going to matter, you know, and having that perspective of, well, she's acting just like you did as a child. And so that was nice. But I think also the one thing and Elliot, my oldest was a NICU baby. And so she was born early and spent several weeks in the NICU. And the one piece of advice that I wish I had heard more of and really taken to heart is that everybody does all the babies, all kids do things at different times, whether it's girls versus boys or NICU babies versus full-term babies. Kids are so their own little people and they will walk when they're ready and they'll sit up when they're ready and they'll do all those things at their own time. And sometimes as a mom, you can get so caught up in, well, my child's not holding their head up. And then it becomes, well, they're not sitting up, you know, when I want them to sit up or they're not walking on time. And it keeps going. It'll go for their entire life because as a teacher, then you get, you know, first graders and well, they're not reading the books that I want them to read. So it's a constant, you know, kind of keeping up with other kids. And I wish that all new parents and all parents in general could look at their individual child and really, truly hear that they're their own person and they're going to learn to read when it's time for them to read. And they're going to sit up when it's time for them to sit up. And of course, there are those exceptions, but... I think I spent a lot of time worrying about, you know, meeting certain marks and milestones as a mom and making sure that I was doing everything I could to get them to sit up independently when it's just going to happen when it's time. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. It, I'm not a mother, but I have heard a lot of times that it's very hard to keep up that pressure of like, when should a child be doing something? Yes. So it sounds like you rely on you rely on your mom a lot for support. And Kathy, I'm kind of curious from your perspective, how do you try and support Caitlin as she's going through motherhood or just even life in general? I'm always there to listen to her. And I love when she calls me and I, I love having talks with her. But I have to say, <laughs> all I do is listen most of the time. Caitlin's got it together. She may think she doesn't, but I am amazed daily at... No, I'm not. I knew she'd be that kind of person. I'm not really amazed, but I'm proud, I guess is the better word. I am I am so proud of the woman that she's become, the mother that she's become, the wife that she's become. Um, and, you know, I'd like to think that her dad and I had a little bit to do with it, but honest to goodness, this child was born ready to roll. And she has always had goals and had her sights set on things. And man, if she got her sights set on it, you might as well just back up out of her way and let her go because that's what some of that gray hair is for a mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to watch your children grow and then have their own children and, and 
I mean, she is such a great mother. She redirects her kids when they need to be. She listens to them. She's just, I don't know. I just, I mean, I just stand and think, wow, you know, I don't know. I don't know how you do it, but it's awesome. It really is. And I'm not just saying that because we're doing this, but that's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's easier when you're being recorded, right? That's right. Right. That's right. (laughs) Well, Caitlin, we kind of flip that back on you. How have you felt supported by your mother throughout your life, whether that's being a mom yourself or your career or even, you know, a high school breakup? It's funny that mom says she listens because she does now. And I guess that that's how looking forward to how I'm going to change as a mother. But think, you know, thinking back to high school, there was a lot more talking than listening because she was trying to get more advice and this is how you should be handling this or this is what you shouldn't be worried about. Um, But it has evolved because she does listen more now, which is is always nice because I know that I can call her. And even when I don't necessarily need advice, I just need somebody to hear me. That's a safe place. You know, you, whether it's your best friend or your mom or you all, everybody has somebody that they say things that you'd never want anybody else to hear, or you, you know, you can talk through those feelings, those big feelings and those thoughts. And she's really good at listening. She's also really good at saying, you know, this isn't about you or, you know, that person said that because there's something going on with them or, um, so it's not always listening, but it's just a different perspective. And she did used to talk a lot more growing up. Um, I have big feelings, very strong feelings. And she was always one to try and help me rein them in, which was really good. And it took a long time to learn that my dad was the same way. My dad was always kind of the one that he would, he was very trying to think of the right word. Politically correct is what comes to mind, but that's not it. It was also about like keeping your cards close. You know, he'd say, you know, when you get all these big feelings and emotions and everybody's going to know how you feel, sometimes you need to keep some things to yourself. And mom was always good at talking, talking through that because, you know, dad would give you that one phrase that you'd be like, you're not even hearing me. And mom would be the one to hear you until, you know, she still had the same answer as dad, but it was, it was a little more listening and then giving you that advice. And I think my sister would agree with that also, because we both have big feelings in different ways. And so mom had to really learn to balance that because we have different personalities going on. Even now, we can probably call her about the exact same problem or if my sister and I have gotten into a conversation that we need a we need a referee on. She is the one that probably responds to us differently, which is a talent I haven't quite perfected, but um, she's really she's really good at, at just the listening side. But knowing when to interject. That's definitely a skill that's hard to develop. Yes. Well, you have to know your boundaries. You know, it's people hear what they want to hear, and you have to know how much to say. Plus, you don't want to lead your kids all the time. They need to be able to stumble, fall, figure it out for themselves. Just, I mean, I found that with being chapter advisor. You know, you, a lot of times, all you need to do is listen. And because they work in, in talking, many times you work it out yourself. When you hear yourself say things, then you realize, oh, that's what I really needed to do. So you, you kind of have to know where the line is. You're also good at being a critical friend, mom, which is a term that <laughs> people use these days of being, you know, giving you listen and you hear and you let people fall when they need to fall to learn that lesson. Um, but you're also good at being a critical friend and having the hard conversations and saying, yeah, don't necessarily agree with you on that one. 
Well, I appreciate that. I don't feel like I do that very well, but. (laughs) Well, I'm curious, as you've grown and you've gotten older, how has your relationship changed, especially as it comes to like becoming sisters in Alpha Gamma Delta in addition to mother and daughter? Ooh, we had some knockdown drag outs growing up. We both have very strong personalities. Um, I'm probably, mom's probably more of like a closet strong personality. You don't necessarily get it right off the bat. Whereas I feel like I'm a little more out there, but, um, we really, we really used to butt heads growing up and it was because she had high expectations and wanted the best for me. And I see that much clearer now as an adult than I did when I was, you know, 13, 14. Um, but it has changed in the fact that I, I really can say now, and I think part of it was through Alpha Gam is that it truly is a friendship and she is my friend. She is who I call every morning um, on the way to school. My daughter and I call her on the phone and talk to her in the mornings. Um, And it's funny because it starts my daughter's day off the way, like if we've already, if my daughter and I have already had, you know, a not so great morning of getting shoes and socks on. um, My mom is the one who speaks my daughter's love language and just calms her down and starts, you know, the day off correctly for her. But it didn't always, it wasn't always that way. And I think that that has changed as I've matured and gotten older and also as probably the pressure on my mom to, you know, to raise me and make sure that I'm doing the right things. You know, that's not her responsibility anymore. And so it's kind of allowed for both of us to be in a much more relaxed spot where there's not the pressures of, you know, raising kids. And it it is different, but it's definitely evolved from a very much parent-child relationship where I'm not your friend, I'm your parent. And my mom always did take that stance, which I think is an important one. It's it's great to be friends with your child, but you also have to be the parent. You're the parent, you're not their friend. And she was really great at that. And I think that through those, you know, foundations that are built as a kid, and then that allowed us to be friends when the time was right. And now we're able to be the best of friends and you know, we've always had a great relationship, but it has changed and evolved as we've gotten older. Well, we butted heads because we're very, very, very much alike. And I saw in her exactly what I am. The good and the bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's more of a free spirit. But, um, and yes, you, if you don't want to know Caitlin's opinion, don't ask. Because if, if her mouth doesn't say it, her face will show it. And she definitely inherited that gene from me. What's hysterical is that she thinks I'm a closet strong personality where, and maybe I am, but it's, you know, I'm kind of the person that I'm, I'm real calm until you make me mad and then you better back out of the way. And, and Caitlin and I butted heads, you know, because of that, but oh my goodness, it's just, as she's grown up and you're right as the pressure of raising you and making sure you turned out okay, (laughs) went away. Yep. We, we do. We have a very close relationship, which I hope we'll always have. Well, to kind of round things out, what is one thing you want the world to know about your mom or your daughter? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would say, gosh, at, some t- at the same time, I'm like, there's so many things. I would say the one thing is that she loves so big. And whether that's the alpha gams that were in the chapter when she was chapter advisor that know her as Miss Kathy. Um, she is Miss Kathy to a lot of women in this world. 
um, or it's her students who, I mean, just when I was home a few weeks ago, she said, I've got to run this gift by a baby shower. And it was for one of her fourth graders that she had when I was in fifth grade, you know, I mean, it's been years and she still keeps up with them and they love her. Like, you know, she's their mother. So she, she loves so big. She is a force to be reckoned with, but that love, I think outshines everything. You are so sweet. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, I don't think I have to want the world to know anything about Caitlin. I think Caitlin's that person that just, she walks into a room and she brightens it up. And, you know, she's, she's just amazing in that if you ask her to get a job done, she's going to get it done. And it may have her own twist on it because that's just her. She's got her own style of doing things, but you know what? It's going to be the best way for that job to be done. And that girl can tackle anything she sets her mind to. She's just a, she's going to, she's made, she's already made a difference in many children's lives and many young women with Alpha Gam. And she's going to continue to do that. And if I, if I had to be stranded on a desert island, she'd be my pick. I'd want her to be with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because I'd get us off that island, Mom. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. Well, we're at the point in our podcast where I like to ask all of our guests this one question, and that is, Kathy and Caitlin, what is your purpose? My purpose is to leave this world a better place than I found it. I hope that in some way I can impact at least one person's life and make it better. Um, I had so many, so many good examples for me and people who loved me and lifted me up. And I just want to do that for someone else. Oh, gosh. Um, I would say that mine would be to love and serve others. Um, I have really found that in my career and also through VSP and serving other Afghans, um and my sisters. I have met so many people through VSP that are my sisters that I never knew in college, which I think is an opportunity that so many people don't realize is there. Um, some of my most recent closest sisters were in chapters all the way across the country, but they're the ones that I talk to most often. And so I think just loving and serving others, whether it's my students or my sisters, that is what I want my legacy to be that I I did that throughout my life. Well, thank you both so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for being here today. I very much loved getting to know more about you and your relationship and your, your journeys with Alpha Gam. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Thank Thank you. you very much. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Bice, and that's all for today. See you next time.